It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. Welcome into another edition of the Skinny Podcast, the college basketball edition presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports columnist and editor with Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com, Rick Roaring of Musketeer Report. Uh, let's start with the the UC Bearcats 71-69 winners over Memphis on Saturday in which uh, Logan Johnson makes the play, maybe even of the year, because it keeps them really in the driver's seat. To, well, not the driver's seat, but at least I mean, they're, until your own destiny to yeah. win the, uh, the American Athletic Conference. They're in the driver's seat now. Yeah. I mean, if they win at UCF on Thursday night and, and then beat UC, Houston at home, you, you win. It's two incredibly tough games, but you're the, you're the conference champion. Tag, you win. It, it, is, it the, is it not the most McCronin thing ever? That the tenth man that played three minutes comes in and, and makes the biggest play of the game. I think the best part is how cocky he sounded about it. Yeah, I knew. I, I just jumped it. I got it. I went. I went after it. I got it. I mean, that's him. That's that's unbelievable. I mean, you know, like you know the story of his brother, right? I don't. His brother plays for the Phoenix Suns. Tyler oh, okay, Johnson. Yeah, okay. He was a walk on yeah. at Fresno State. Went from walk on to scholarship player to player of the year in the conference to. Four-year, $50 million NBA contract. I mean, that's just kind of how... The, like This cat doesn't think he's doing the same thing, does he? Oh, yeah. Okay. And I wouldn't put it past him. Okay. you have any idea how... He dunked He dunked I, a rebound on a seven-footer against Wichita State. That's, that's, I saw that, actually. He's got He's got a chance to be really, really good. But credit to him. He's, he's, he's bought into a role. Um, I think it helps that there's a lot of guys on the team that have kind of ex- like experienced what he's going through. Trey Scott, Justin Jennifer, Nizier Brooks. Talk him through it. Waiting your turn, yeah. not getting frustrated. I think that helps when you've got other guys who can say, look, your time is coming. And this year, what better example than this year? Guys are going to graduate. You're going to get your shot, and you're going to have a chance to be playing for a conference championship again. So just really cool for him, though. I mean, he's had some moments this year where he's changed the energy of games, kind of changed the flow of games with his defense. And then, I mean, is there any doubt Jeremiah Martin gets that ball, gets over half makes, court, makes and hits a 35-footer? And the ball game's over. And the game's over? Yeah. Like, that was going to happen. Yeah, because that would have gotten him over 30 points again. That was going to happen. And Logan Johnson just said, eh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to go ahead and walk this off, get to the locker room. Yeah. I don't know how this team has done this. They really, they should be like 20 and 8. High luck factor. Hi, luck you brought factor. that up a lot last year. You were an expert on it, so that's probably what it is. What, what are they Look now? What are they now? Games with five points or less? Ten and one. Ten and one. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, or or it's pretty lucky. It's this year. It's learning how to win. Last year that was lucky. This year it's learning how to win. Well, maybe it's a little of both. Maybe, maybe there's a little of both. I haven't claimed it's not luck. I just said they could be twenty-one and eight. That's, like that is true. They're they're playing with a lot of fire, and they they continue to walk through the fire and without any burns. Yeah, it's a fact. They're, you just kind of keep it moving at this point in time. I mean, at six and one, you thought, man, that's really remarkable what this team's doing. At ten and one in five point right. games, you just laugh, throw right. your hands up, and go, "Well, it's one of those years." Yeah, like a kid making a play, like he made made on Saturday night. That that's the thing for me that kind of has been the personality of this team, because obviously Jaron has done so much, but it feels like every time they're in one of these situations, somebody gets them out of it. Kane Broom at, at Tulsa. Justin Jennifer and, and Trey Scott with the threes they hit. Kane Broom at UConn. Kane Broom at UConn. Like, it always feels like somebody is right there. Nizier Brooks has had a couple big games where he's been a, a critical factor. Keith Williams. Uh, it's always like they understand, 
you know, it's going to be one of us that needs to step up and make it happen. And, and they've done that so far. I mean, it's been it's been a wild ride, that's for sure. Jaron Cumberland kind of shook out of the slump, if you want to call it a slump. That's probably not fair, but but just from a yeah. scoring perspective. Uh, what, what what was different? What changed to, to get him loose? And I even heard Mick Cronin talk about after the game that he thought Jaron wasn't ready sometimes on the catch to shoot the ball. He wasn't Maybe it could have been a half. bigger game than that. I, I, did you hear what he said about he had a talk with them at halftime? Yeah. And somebody asked him how the talk went, and in typical Mick Cronin fashion, I usually win those. Yeah, probably one-sided. Probably very one-sided. <laughs> very one. But I, I think it did. Uh, I, I didn't see it in the first two games, but I did start to see it quite a bit um, in the last road game, and then it carried over. Uh, you could tell against UConn he was getting a little frustrated, and then it, it carried over against Memphis, and it was chippy. I mean, I, there were – there were two or three times I thought there was going to be something break out, some kind of, you know, not a fight, but a, more no, of a scuffle. Mul- there were multiple technicals. Yeah. So, and then finally he dialed it back in, and he had to because that second half with him and Jeremiah Martin just going bucket for bucket was a lot of fun. Yeah, no. Because those were. Those shootouts like that are sometimes a lot of fun to watch. Those were, there were quite a few really tough buckets yeah, in the can, lane between you, the both of them. Can you top this buckets? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. yes, and then yes, and then yes, yeah. and back and forth. Um, but the big thing was he he got the whistle. That That's what's been missing. If you think about it, he was scoring 9, 10, 11 points a game. But he was only going to the line a handful of times, two, right, three, right. four, five times. He went to the line fifteen times, fifteen or sixteen times. He made all but two, and now he's got twenty six points. And that's for that the way he plays. He needs a an honest whistle. I still think there were a lot of things they let go, which is why he started getting frustrated. But ultimately, it, it evened itself out, and he was able to to get that point total up. Talk about this team playing with fire, and this is not a week to do that because at Central Florida and Houston on Senior Day, is this team though playing with fire enough to where suddenly this week becomes a little daunting? I mean, it's always daunting. I think it might be a little less daunting because UCF got their win over Houston. Over Houston on that that on Sunday, for all intents and purposes, with as terrible as I, the bubble I, I'll, is. I'll rephrase this: If you play the way you're playing right now. Do you win both of these games, either of these games, neither of these games? I think the way they're playing right now, both of these games are going to be three-point games with five minutes left, and and we'll see who pulls it out. I I, I don't have any other reason to think otherwise because that's how every game has right, been. Right. So it was like that at Houston. It was like that with UCF here. They won one. They lost one. I, I think it's 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 going to be very similar. Um, I am interested to see if maybe UCF, if that, that fire to get that big win is still there now that they've got it. Um, because a lot of teams play for to that point where they feel like they're in. And I, I would imagine for UCF, they feel like they're in. Now it's senior day. It's B.J. Taylor and Taco Falls last game. So that's going to give you a little bit extra juice. Um, I think they're finally playing to their talent level, which I didn't think they did for probably two-thirds of the season. Um, I think the Cincinnati win here kind of s- smacked them in the face, and they snapped out of it and, and started playing the way that they were supposed to be playing. Um, but, I mean, either way, though, for Cincinnati, if if they lose at UCF and they win senior day, they still tie right, for the conference right, championship. Right, like, right. So, I mean, it's it, it's 
it's an interesting situation because you couldn't you couldn't schedule two tougher games, the final two games of the regular season. I'll give the American credit; like they got this part of it right. Yeah, I, I, and I do because there is a formula they put together for who they want to play, not yeah. not just the way it shook out date wise, but who they want to match up to help themselves and help the teams in the league. So I do think that, and maybe they did when it came to the actual schedule itself and laying it out, saying, "Hey, let's play." Well, they were predicted UC- one, two, three. UCF, so. Houston, UC, UCF, UC, Houston. Yeah. kind of almost a round robin down the stretch. And if it comes down to it, that's what's going to shake it out, and that's really what's kind of happened. And then you've got UCF Temple. Right. This this coming weekend as well. So, I mean, that's one, two, three, four that are all... They need to take... UCF needs to take the dive. Do they understand that? They understand the Big East way of things? They understand how to take no, the dive? No, I don't, I don't think they do. The, the Americans not... Well, I mean, Houston was pretty good at collusion because they got UCF in. Yeah. It'd be nice if UCF returned the favor for Temple. Exactly. But I don't think it's going to happen. You got to do that, man. That's the way, that's the way <laughs> leagues work. No, I agree with you. I, I, to the Americans' credit, I... I I was in a at a place on Saturday watching that game with some other people, and uh, they were actually really interested in it because of UC. You're normally unless you're a diehard fan, you don't really care a whole lot. These About people Central Florida and Houston, right. right? But no, I think it, it showed that that game meant something for UC. So hey, we'll watch. And Tuesday's going to mean something for Houston, so people there are going to watch. Thursday and, and whatever, yeah, the Thursday, and then the game on Saturday is going to be for maybe all the marbles. So then CBS a lot of people, noon. and then a lot of people watch. Yeah. So no, I think it was really. It's really going smart. to be for all the marbles, yeah. regardless of what happens. Thursday. Thursday. Well, that's... I'm talking about the chance to win outright. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's going to determine the champion. Correct. Correct. Uh, what are you thinking about UC's seeding right now, and how big do you think that game on Saturday, being that it's CBS? And I know, like, they don't factor in the last 10 games. They don't factor one game off, like, the eye test. But eyeball. But eyeball. I think everyone right. is Absolutely. human. Great point. And when you watch a team play on national TV and they play really well before the tournament, I do think it matters, like, a little bit. I mean, I, I think you look no farther than last year. They, nobody really had them as a two seed until they beat Wichita State at Wichita to win the conference outright. Mm. And then all of a sudden it was, are they a three or a four to now they're a two. Right. Um, so I, I think it does matter. Um, I don't know how much it, – it, the bubble is just so – or the the, 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 the mid-pack. The mid-pack, mid-pack is just so weird right now. Because they're all very well. The bubble's close. weird too. We're going to probably get to that, but the, but the mid packs. I've already I've already no, right. made my statement yeah. on that. No, the mid packs weird too. But though. I mean, for Cincinnati, you could you could potentially add two quad one wins, one on the road this week, and then right. one against Houston. a top ten net team. Um, I think you could maybe get up five. Where do you think they're at now? I think they're at seven. I think now. they're seven, seven now. Maybe. maybe the number one seven. seven right. Right. Um, four would. Four would be a pipe dream I, I think, think you'd have to to win these two and then win the conference tournament or at least make by, the finals by, by probably beating maybe both of them again right well that wouldn't be possible if you win these two you'd have one as a three that's right because they'd be two three. they'd be that's two right, three it'd be right, the same situation point. as that's last year where Houston point. and yeah. Wichita played yeah. in the semis um I think you could maybe I mean let's if they're 27 and four it would be hard to keep them off the four line and there's no doubt in my mind they'd be a five seed at that stage especially it's not like a program out of the blue either. Right or wrong, even though you're looking at a resume and you're not looking at past years, it still has got to factor in a little right. bit. The Actually, you talked about, if right. they win these two and then they win the conference tournament, you're 30-4. and four. Yeah, correct. Right. That's a four seed. Yeah, a 30-win team is, is pretty good. That's that's probably a four seed. That'd be hard to keep them off that line. So I, I can't see a way a 30-win team does not get in a top four seed this year. You're right, yeah. right. I mean, that seems 
like a foregone conclusion. Now, do I think that's going to happen? And Probably not. And that's the other thing. This is not a one bid league. There's at least three bids, and you might maybe be four. four. And maybe four. Realistically, right. it sounds like they're probably playing be- between a five and a seven. Though. Yeah, that, that's probably about fair. I think that's probably right. I think that's about right, barring exceptional circumstances. Right, right. You lose these two, maybe you fall. Yeah, but then it's funny you see, and you probably do. It's it's, but but you're not going to fall a long way. You're well, that's you know, the thing. If you're the 10. number, if you're the number one seven, you might still stay on the seven yes. line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's how goofy it is below it right now. Oh, and so, it's, it is so bad. It is bizarro world. All right, let's talk about speaking of Xavier. With uh, I, I brought this up last Sunday. If if they could keep winning here, would they have a fighting chance to put themselves in the conversation? I think they've done that, and now you have Butler and St. John's. Butler on the road Tuesday. St. John's at home over the weekend to add a couple more wins and it, keep yourself right in the conversation. And, and when you start looking in the league, and I keep scratching my head when I keep seeing the butlers of the world in the, in, in the talks, and even the Seton Halls. And I know Seton Hall's got some nice wins, but I start comparing at least what you've done inside the league and what you've done overall. It'd be hard for me if Xavier finishes third in this league and finishes, what, with seven straight wins to end the year that you that they're not very much in the conversation. Yeah, I mean, if they win out these last two games, them winning at St. John's. Huge. Now, it went from last week, it was ridiculous to talk about, but it's like, okay, maybe if they really stay hot, they've got a chance. <laughs> now... You're in a position where you know what they've got a chance. I mean, they they have to stay hot and win probably these last two games. Yeah, you're not, yeah, no doubt. I mean, um, but if you win the last two games, you are in the conversation without question. If you split them, you're still looking at you got to get at least to the finals. Yeah, you probably to need run. to win it to feel really good. Um, but if you win these last two, all of a sudden you're very legitimately, I think, in the bubble conversation. Now that doesn't mean you're on the right side of the bubble conversation. The thing is, there's basically two groups of teams this year on the bubble, and there's a ton of teams on the bubble. Oh. You're either in the group where you haven't played as good of a schedule, but your record looks more like what they want, um, and but you don't have the big wins. You don't Wa- have the quadrant one wins. Wofford Lipscomb, right? Um, Utah State, Utah State. On the other side, there's all these teams that are more power conference type teams that have. Way too many losses for what we normally like to put in the tournament. See Hoosiers, comma, Indiana. Right, but they have a bunch of power wins, and or quadrant one wins or quadrant two wins. Xavier's in that latter group. The problem for them is there's so many teams that are like them, and there's a bunch of teams in the Big East that are like them. Well, You've but, got but, Butler, but, but, Creighton. But, but to me, to some degree, though, the separator for me is... You finish third in that league, and and there's other teams. But they don't care about that. I, they don't really care about the finish of your conference record, I, uh, and I mean, they're. I you, guess that bothers me to a, to a large degree. It really does. Well, I mean, Creighton just Creighton's. You know, I, I haven't looked exactly what their resume is compared to Xavier, but it's similar to Xavier's. I know that they just went and won at Marquette today. They, they so did. now that that hurt Xavier, in my opinion, because I can't see them putting all those Big East bubble teams in. Um, so they're probably going to have no, to sort of pick and I, choose right. and and find a way to differentiate that. So oh, Xavier's going so to need to make John's, a run Are they in right now? Yes, right okay. now, yes. You sweep St. John's, you can't tell me you're not in a conversation. Very much, or even in. You're in the conversation, but again, like all of these teams that you're talking about have a very similar resume to Xavier's, or they've got the other side, which is the... What we're saying is there's 30 teams for oh, like 15 I, spots, I, I, I know and it's splitting hairs between all of them. And they're right, all equally I get, bad. I get it. And we don't know. And like, to I, me, I totally disagree, by the way. I do not think the bubble is that bad this year. I think it's a really deep bubble. I think the bubble's pretty good. I don't know, man. I think Indiana's no not very good. I, I just mean, don't think they're a very good basketball Okay, team. they've swept Michigan State. I realize that. You're right. And they've if got that's other, the team that we're pointing to, if Indiana's the team we're pointing to is they're terrible, well, they keep beating everyone who's good did, that we did, think is good. Did, so I don't know they, what you're They were 2-11 and 11 out to the 3-11. Okay. Oh, I, I mean, I like, again, and they have a bunch of really good wins. So I they're the worst. Have I three guys. Terrible. I just, at some point, some point losses do have to matter. They're I, not I good. think wins, mat- wins do matter, but losses have to as but well. But again, if okay, so let's say, I'm not even talking about the tournament right now. Let's say they don't make the tournament. 
If that's a team that doesn't make the tournament, that's beat all these really good teams, that's a pretty good bubble to me. They couldn't get in after no, all those fair. big wins. That's fair. I think there's a lot of teams that are pretty good. The difference is we've just the the line has been blurred for okay, years. So we've been I, talking about it, that for years. No, this brings up an interesting conversation. So so we've tried new metrics. We keep trying all kinds of different metrics. We keep trying different ways of doing things. We keep trying to look at it. The metrics at, are fine. And what matters. But the point is though, you are splitting hairs. Can yeah. there is there a, is there any other better way to do yeah, this? Yeah, play eighty two games. I mean, that's what you need. You need more data points to farther separate them. At okay. this point, you're going to come. Thirty seems like a pretty good number, but maybe it's not because it's really not. What, what we've what, the problem is we have an uneven playing field in conferences. So that's the yes. hard part to figure out is what yes. it, what do you value more? What is more important? And as these conferences keep getting bigger and bigger, Indiana had to play okay. twenty okay. power conference games this year. Yes, well, not, like not not twenty. I mean, eighteen. Couple, okay, yeah, there's a couple trash teams in the league, but you're right, a good chunk of them. Yeah, I mean, every game's a really tough game for the most. All part. right, well, like so, we're already, so like it doesn't mean they're terrible when they're where they're on the same lines as like these other teams in in the American that. Chad's going to pump up all year as good teams when you see players. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. But then they're back. Whoa, 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 Indiana, what's their record in the Big Ten? I'm going to look it up for you. I'm going to say I'm doing this off the top of my head. I will say 6-12. and Are you telling me they're the teams that are winning at a 33% rate in the Big Ten are good? You're nuts. They're better than Central Florida? Absolutely nuts. Dead right, 6-12. and They were 6-12. Absolutely nuts. On what point? Okay, here's the thing. They're, they are 11th in that league, and I, I'm not. I'm not telling you that's not a. The league is not good. It's a very deep, like, good pretty league. Much everyone is in the top 100 of Ken Palm in the entire conference. Northwestern's trash. Penn State's trash. What's no, nuts? Northwestern's okay. Ken Palm. Um, the oh, Americans Ken Palm. got 10 top 100 Ken Palm teams. I, I got their RPI. That's the only thing I got next to. They're 174. You're RPI. so selective when you use metrics. No, you the Americans not. got 10 top 100 teams in Ken Palm. Okay, you so why is Indiana worse than, worse than... Because they're 6-12. and 12. But Central Florida's played 16 games against Quadrant 3 and Quadrant 4 teams. Indiana's played like 2. What's what's Central Florida's record Q1, Q2? Look it up. I don't have it in front I, yeah, of me. I don't, I don't know what either. we do. Yeah, I don't have the data in front of me either on that. Um, I, I, I'm just going to go back to the Big East for a second, though. If so you that want, means Central Florida's played 13 Q1, Q2 games. Uh, no, but here, but I, I, let's, let's go back inside leagues for a second, though. If you want to split hairs... To me, I would think a team that's done it in a round-robin format, that's finished higher than, than all but the two teams in a round-robin format, gets the nudge over the other teams. That, I, that's my only point. If you want to talk about splitting hairs, because you're right, it is splitting hairs. I can't tell you that based on metrics that Xavier is better than St. John's or is better than, than Butler or is better than, than Creighton or is better than Seton Hall. I would tell you this, though, if they were to beat St. John's a second time, that they went 2-0 and against St. John's, and St. John's finished below them, so it's not an aberration. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I don't. That's not my point. I'm not arguing that. Okay. I, I'm, all I'm saying is I don't think the bubble's that bad. We keep we say this every year. The bubble's so bad this year. It's so terrible. Maybe at some point we need to realize that like it's not terrible. It's just how the set, schedule's set up. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't dispute that part of it. Like, I, I don't I, think this is a terrible year for college basketball. I don't think oh, like, I don't these either. teams are all awful. No, I think the fact that. That Wofford and Lipscomb are, are legit teams. Not just, hey, feel-good stories, let's get them in the tournament. They're probably legit based on metrics. I think that's pretty cool. We're talking about 15-16 loss, multiple 15-16 loss teams being in the conversation to make the tournament. That's a bad bubble. It's I mean, only it's happened been, twice. It's going to be that way every single well, year. We, we were doing the same yeah, thing last year. We right. let two teams with 15 seeds in. It was a travesty. It was the worst bubble but ever. And, and now where, this year's worse. And it's going to keep getting worse because the conferences, the power conferences, that, will keep getting bigger. The so issue. the good teams will keep having more losses. And we'll keep looking stupid saying every year's the worst year ever. But that, it's ridiculous to no, keep saying. That, that's the issue, though, is, is 
conferences have gone away from the 16-game conference schedules now to 18, 20-game conference schedules. Well, not to mention, teams also realize, like, you can... Like, I know all these other schools argue about they can't get good games to play and no one wants to schedule them, but, like, it seems like everyone else in the world has realized if you play a lot of good teams, you got a better chance of playing... It's the opposite of college football. We've gone the opposite, where most good teams play a really tough schedule now. But does the... It feels like you're getting more credit for good wins than you are for just losses. And I think losses matter, though. I'm not saying they don't. Okay. All but right. when we're coming, but like I, that, my argument is the bubble is not bad. You're arguing who should get in and who should not. My point is that the bubble is not as bad. We say the bubble is terrible every year. I don't think the bubble is that bad. I think there's a lot of pretty good teams on the bubble. Right, let's get back to Xavier for a second. N- Najee Marshall has started to play very well. And, and as a team, they've, they, they're playing well. And it is in basketball. Confidence is an incredibly crazy thing. Um, you talk about Jeremiah Martin from Memphis. I mean, he's playing at a high confidence. He's a good player, but you start rolling in thirty points, two, three, four games in a row, you feel like ain't nobody stopping me. You today. play eight, and right. you average thirty-five. Right. It's and, pretty good. And Najee Marshall now for a guy that kind of had struggled to be consistent offensively. You watch him in that St. John's game, making threes, driving, rebounding, dishing, dealing. I mean, he looked like the guy you thought he was going to be, and maybe maybe it's the right time that he's kind of found it. Yeah, Northwestern is 74th in Ken Palm right now. They're the worst team in the Big Ten, by the way. So uh, just throwing that out there. I'm not a big fan, but okay. Thank no, you. I mean, that's, I appreciate you looking it up. That's fine. My point is, the teams that you're not a big fan of that you think everyone's so awful, they're, set, they're top 75 in Ken Palm is the worst team in their conference. That means something to me. Okay. All right, fair enough. Um, Najee Marshall's playing well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I know what, we have well, No, the thing is, what, 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 what do you think is going on for him? He's making shots. Yeah. You know, what you said, he's confident. Um, yeah, I don't He looks like an all-conference player, like we've been saying for the last three shows. I mean, he, um, he's locked in. He's playing hard on defense. He's making shots because he has confidence, and uh, he's tough to stop getting to the rim. So, Do you worry at all about, or at least far enough along with, with, with depth now that, that – you know, you've kind of played with, you know, X number of guys. Are you just at the stage where they've gotten used to that enough? I mean, now you are kind of in crunch time, and then you're going to go in the Big East tournament where not much time in between games. Uh, you've gotten used to it, but I still think throughout the year you've seen games where it becomes an issue. Right. Um, and, well, now you just lost Elias Harden for the foreseeable future, too. Well, yeah, where does that stand? Do you know at this stage? We still... I would not expect him back before the Big East yeah. tournament. Um, they if... haven't said anything officially, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, now he may be back for the Big East tournament, which would be a boost, um, not necessarily because he's going to light the world on fire, but just because at least you have an extra body now when you're playing three games in uh, four days, I guess, there. so right, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the depth thing is always going to be an issue for this team, but I do agree with you that they've at least kind of figured out, here's our guys, here's our rotations, and here's how we kind of manage this thing. And uh, if a certain guy gets in foul trouble, we might just have to let him play through it. And, you know, I mean, like, there's certain things I think the coaching staff has figured out about how to handle their rotations and lineups despite being so thin. All right, I'm, I'm going to leave you with this for Xavier. For the Xavier fan base out there, if they win the final two games, what do they need to do in the Big East tournament to to get a bid? I'd still think you'd want to go to the finals to feel good about it. Um, if you win the last two games, you win at least one game at the Big East tournament – you're in the conversation. You make it to the finals by winning two games. I think you got a pretty good shot at that point. Like I, I think four more wins puts them in a really, really good spot to make the tournament in, in the bubble. But um, it doesn't – It's again, there's a bunch of other teams that have stuff going on too that no are doubt. right there with them. So no it, it, they're going to need some other teams to help them as well. And it's like trying to figure that out right now, it's impossible because it's like you watch this weekend. It's like, okay, they got help from a few teams. Then get help from some other teams. Yeah, and, so. and let's face it, this is also a year where in, in the Lipscomb League and in the Wofford League, you need Lipscomb and Wofford to win, right? I mean, so they're not part of the conversation. So. Yeah, the conference tournaments are going to be huge, but also just this 
these last you know two games in everybody's conference and then the conference tournaments are going to be so big for a team like Xavier because again you've got so many teams already on the bubble but then within your own conference you're competing with three right. or four teams on the bubble and I'll be damned if Illinois wins the Big Ten tournament. Then what are we going to do? Then we're gonna well, then maybe it. Xavier gets in at that point because they beat Illinois. <laughs> That's good point. There you go. See, there's that thought process too. All right, on to Kentucky, where uh, Saturday was the perfect storm. It was kind of like Tennessee coming to Ruppin. What was happening? Yeah, it, it was it, predictable. It, it really was. I, I was. I'll be honest. I was a little surprised. Like you, you said that was going to happen. Well, I didn't say it by the point. Should have. I did not say by that margin. I said it was no, going to be a close you, game. But you yeah. also kind of thought like, hey, they're going to come back yeah. fired up and ticked yeah. off. Um, I, I just did not see – I did not think the matchups worked in a position where they could blow this U.K. team out. I thought they could beat them. I did not think they could blow them out. Yeah, I mean, I think we learned again this U.K. team, much like every Calipari team, is relying on the point guard playing really well. Mm-hmm. And Ashton Hagen's had a terrible game. The The bone kid just ate his lunch yep. yeah. over and over and over every trip down the floor, offense, defense. He kicked his ass constantly for 40 minutes. And UK, Cal teams can't win when their point guard. 27 points he went for. Yeah. And, and what Hagen's have? Uh, four? Four, if that. Hang on. I'll look. I, it wasn't much. He wound up with uh, five points. Five yeah. points and three turnovers. A 22 point difference between yeah. the two point guards. What was the final? Uh, it was 71 52, 19 point difference. And Tyler Hero didn't shoot it either. Yeah. So, uh, so I mean, that, that part's not surprising. And you had to think Tennessee, like what we talk about the first game. Kentucky just beat them bullied up. Them, bullied they them. bullied them completely. Tennessee wasn't – they were going to be ready for that this time. Yeah, and that wasn't going to happen at home. And you had the whole Reed Travis thing too, right. which was obviously a factor. But, again, the the point guard – you're right. The point guard thing is really the story here because the difference in the game is bone. You didn't have anyone do that to you last time. And the matchups last time, it's just like – Tennessee can't beat these guys. Right. They're not better, but you get a guy to go off for 28 like that where he's dominant and it raises the confidence of everyone else. It's, it's a different ball game. This was a redeeming game for Tennessee because no I had fallen. Sure. Like, just because they they beat or lost to Kentucky the way they did, I wasn't ready to say, okay. Yeah, LSU got them. Yeah, but then it's like and, we and then, and then kind of, well, you know, Miss is pretty good, but struggled to win. They didn't look miss. good. Right. They did Correct. not look good in Correct. that game. And so, so yeah. it's like, wait, is this Tennessee team? Were they fooling us for a little bit? But – now you saw that's like no, they're pretty yeah, good. Yeah. They're pretty darn good. They hit a lull. I mean, they hit you know, and it's well. I think Kentucky messed them up. I think well, Kentucky took their swagger away. It, from it's them. also if you look yeah. back at their schedule, they hadn't played anybody good right. before that Kentucky game in two months, and that's why I kind of was like, wait, did they fool us? The competition like, jumped. They and, looked so good during yeah. that streak where they won all those games before the Kentucky game. It's like man, they're they really also good, had that. But, remember in early in conference playing, because Vandy I think is still winless. Yeah, but Vandy had them beat. I mean, had them literally and, and beat. It, it seems like they recalibrated. Yeah, <laughs> now they're. That now their 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 competition meter has raised, and that's what you'd hope to see out of a veteran yeah. physical team like they are. They they answered well, so I was. All right, so we sit here today. Tennessee is probably replaced. If you had to do it today, Tennessee's probably yeah. replaced them on the one one seed line. Kentucky is probably the first two seed, but there is the chance for the third time around, and maybe I, that is for a one seed. The winner takes the one, the loser gets the two. I think the SEC tournament is probably going to decide who's the one seed between those two. It's going to be interesting how it all shakes out because LSU because LSU's in that mix too LSU I know could very I know. much I mean I mean Kentucky's got a real legit chance to finish third in the league Will Wade invested a lot in this LSU team <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see what they're able to do in the SEC tournament did you see the end of the, the Alabama game yes yeah. the, okay now this is the old old coach in me 
a steal in a two-point game and you throw one off the backboard for a dunk. That I, was I so killed, great. I'd have killed you. I'd have killed you. That game was if, if it hadn't gone in, I'd have killed you. It did go in and there was nobody around. It was actually a pretty simple play that they pulled off. But you know how that, that could he could have thrown it too hard. It could have fumbled off your face. I'd have killed you. I'd have, I'd, have, I'd, have, I'd have cut them both. I'd have sent them on the bus. I'd say, see you later. You guys are done. <laughs> You'd have cut Tremont Waters and Skyler Mays. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Two, best, two best dudes. You're done. Have a good day. <laughs> that sounds about right. I know. I realize that's the old guy in me. I do understand that. Did you also think there was a travel on the play? No, no, I, no, that okay. one I did not. Uh, I did think. That, what was the game we talked about where I thought, oh, yeah, the NBA All Star game? That's, yeah, just much, that's my favorite no, old the man Steph Curry, when the Steph Curry five step travel off the, yeah. the bounce. Yeah. He was worried about a travel in the NBA All Star game. Curry threw a bounce oop. It was a complete walk. No, it was a. It was a. It, uh, I could see it coming too. I could see him like looking over his shoulder. I thought, "Oh, you're not going to do. Oh, yeah, you are. Bam. Fantastic. I'm sure it was. Is there anything that more clearly ends a game than that, though? Like you know, you have lost at that point. You're like, my, my don't even inbound the ball. <laughs> Just quit. We're done. Just quit. We, we are done. Off the backboard and transition to dunk it. <laughs> I, I I loved that move. I'm sure you did. I know you did. Which by, that that whole game was crazy. Like Avery Johnson at one point, I was at Dickman, so I'm watching like the NKU game, and there's other games going on. And, and like, there's no sound on that one, probably, right? Yeah, and there's no sound. Yeah. And at one point, Avery Johnson is looking like he's trying to kill people, and there's like eight guys holding him back, and he's ripping his jacket off. I'm like, what's going on in that game? <laughs> and, like, you know, and you know his voice is really squeaking at that stage of the game, well, too, right? Well, it's always the best when you know Avery Johnson's yeah. screaming, because you're like, what's that sound like? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Avery Johnson. All right, Kentucky still has Ole Miss on the road and, and Florida at home. Ole Miss on the road will still be a tough one, and Florida at home probably won't be um, because it's the final home game. So I, I, I think they sweep it, and I do think it comes down to – Probably Kentucky and Tennessee in the SEC tournament if they match up for the one seed. Probably, I mean, it's what's the seeding look like? That's what I, I'm yeah. curious. In, in the in the SEC tournament. in the SEC tournament. I mean, right now as it stands, they are the three seed. Yeah. So I mean, you'd but, have to go through LSU or Tennessee, both, and LSU or Tennessee. Yeah, that's a pretty good gauntlet. But yeah. you get through that. I think you get the one seed. You get oh, a one, not the well, one. You get a one seed. You yes. win both of those games. It's undoubted. Yeah. If you beat Tennessee, or if Tennessee loses in the first round and you don't, I'm interested to see what happens then. Yeah, I mean because it it shakes things up again. And we know Nashville is a home court advantage for Kentucky. Oh, no question. God. No question. I mean it just is. It is like that's that's not even like tongue in cheek. That no, is there are going to be ten thousand UK fans in a fourteen thousand seat arena. Yes. They, with they, with the other 11 teams getting 4,000 and UK having 10. It's just the way it goes. That's, that's it. I mean, Atlanta, big blue. It lands the same way. Let's know. go Cats. Go Cats. It's an easy drive. All right, on to NKU. They're done with the regular season. Did what they needed to do over the weekend, beating Milwaukee and Green Bay on the road. Got a little help with Wright State losing to uh, to Green Bay. How about that? How about that? You um, hate to see it. Yep, you, you do. But uh, I, I know you you really love the fact that Wright State didn't win this league outright. Correct? That would that would have pained you. Uh, yeah. Although, had you just told me that NKU ends up with Detroit in the first round of the yes. Pies Rising tournament, I would have taken anything. Because Wright State did wind up as the one seed. NKU is the two. NKU will host Detroit on Wednesday. Yep. Um, Detroit wound up as the seven seed. For those that don't, the bottom two teams in the league, which were Cleveland State and Youngstown. Right? State. Yeah. Where is that game? What, where's NKU? NKU At home, yeah. Or no, Milwaukee, right? Milwaukee was one of the yeah, last right, two. So yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, not yeah, Youngstown State. Not, yeah, Youngstown actually played pretty well down the stretch to, yeah. to actually get in the tournament. They're yeah. by the eighth seed then. How they handle that? You, you get in because you got season tickets? You, you get tickets yeah we got to uh buy our season tickets and then uh purchase more at a discounted rate too very, so very nice got a few extras I, I, if people need in i do like like this idea i know what the, the league is obviously trying because we've seen so many upsets over the last few years in that league they've tried the double buy they've tried all kinds of different things 
I think this is this is probably the best way to do it. Let let the f- top four seeds get a home game. Play at home. You can't win at home, then shame on you. Okay, then if the, if that's the way you don't get to to play in the in the semifinals and beyond, I, I do like this, and and it is a good matchup for NKU as well with Detroit. Yeah, I think it's kind of a weird scenario to to go in as one of the best teams, go up to. Detroit and that Little Caesars arena where there's just not any fans not really. So it's this huge arena, weird atmosphere because you can't hear anyone cheering really. And then just kind of play with no atmosphere in that first round game against a terrible team that has no fans there. It's like, I don't like that. So I definitely like that they're getting a, an opportunity to play that first game at home. Um, this NKU team hasn't played great. And I thought they were still kind of fighting it the end of this week as they picked up those last two wins. Well, to, you also had some Drew McDonald issues health wise too. You did, but I mean, that, uh, they're not playing their best. No, I mean, you're right. And yeah. the, one of the big things is ball movement. I mean, they were so good. They were top five in the country at one point in assist uh, percentage. And the last few games, you just haven't seen the ball flying around. They're not creating for each other and making the game easy for each other the way they were earlier in the year. It, the ball's sticking more. And so I think that's what you're hoping they get back to. And I think them playing against Detroit is perfect. Freewheeling. They beat- they beat Detroit by 32 at home. They beat Detroit by 22 on the road. They scored like 90-something points in both of those right. games, I think, or like 87 maybe in the one on the road. But Detroit doesn't guard you at all. They let you get up and down. They let you kind of run what you want to run. And then their response is they've got one guy who might be the best freshman in the entire country that's not named Zion Williamson or R.J. Barrett um, or Cam Reddish, but he is their whole team. And NKU has Trayvon Faulkner. They have Jalen Tate. Um, they have another guy or two that you can put on him in a pinch if you have to to give guys a blow or foul trouble. Like they've got guys that can match up with him enough, and you just kind of shut everyone else down. It's really the perfect matchup for NKU. All right, if Drew McDonald continues to be limited, what, what's the what, what can this can this team still fight its way through to win, or do they need him? I don't, I don't want to say full strength because I don't know how much full strength he's going to get to, but at least to a percentage of where he can give you twenty eight ish, thirty ish minutes a, a night over these next three games. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be interested to see where he's honestly at. I felt like the staff was limiting him against Green Bay. Um, one, I think they kind of wanted him to get the record out of the way, so he wasn't worried about that in the first round. Of yeah, he went over two thousand points. Game. Yeah, all time scoring leader at NKU in addition to going over two thousand right. points. Um, but I, I think that's sort of. What, like it? How much is that? Because he's had that those back flare ups since his sophomore year. They're off and on things. They come and go. So I'm interested to see. They they kind of held him out of that game, but he looked okay. I thought when he was out there for the and, most and let's part. Face it, if if you take care of business quickly against Detroit, you can also maybe limit him a little bit there too. Yeah, and I mean, it depends on the matchup. There's some teams that you don't necessarily need him as much against, and defensively, he sometimes hurts you against some of these other teams a little more than maybe like a Chris Vote would or an Adrian Nelson at times. So um, I think you can buy a minutes. Hopefully, he'll be all right by the finals. When the finals comes around, you hope you get to that point, and, and he'll be all right by then. Um, it, it's, a, it's a concern, but I don't think it's a huge concern. NKU, if they did win, would play the third. If, if the seeds hold up, would play the third seed, Oakland. Oakland has, has got a home game. You like that matchup if it gets to that point? Yeah, I mean, I think it's another good one. You didn't want I mean, obviously, you don't want to play Wright State, but you weren't going to play them. Right. Um, after that, you know, Milwaukee, Youngstown State, I think, are two teams that have definitely given them trouble. Milwaukee's not in it. So. More towards the end. Yep. Yeah, um, those are uh, Cleveland State too. Is just a team, they and they're not you, and they're not in it. So. They got you last year. They got you again this year on Senior Night at Home. You don't want to play them either. But so the way this is setting up, it kind of the draw works out pretty well yeah. for NKU in terms of matchups. Yeah, I would agree. All right, Chad Brandle, you got a final take for tonight's edition of the, of the podcast. I, I have a new favorite AAU program, which is just Outcast because, Elite. 
Who runs Outcast Elite? Outcast himself? I was trying to find out. As the GM, as I was, the big boy. I was trying to coach. find out. They, they just won a national championship at the fifth grade level. All right. How about and, that? Uh, are they from uh, Wait a minute. They, they did the fifth grade Athens, national? Georgia. Okay. So, so probably some dudes. Yeah. So they did the fifth grade national championship already? They've got to have a kid from Decatur on that team. I, I would. I would like That would have to be like mandatory. You got to. College Park, Decatur. No Warner Robins. No, that's a different. That's a different set of. Uh, yes, it is. Different set. Of <laughs> it, it <is>. Socioeconomic. <laughs> yes, it uh, is. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, I, I just was. I, I logged on this morning, and and one of the guys I follow from from the Atlanta area, one of the AAU guys, tweeted out about congratulations. Congratulations to Outcast Elite on is, their. Is that their, their oldest? Is that their oldest group? I think so. Okay, I think so they're so. starting kind of at the at the bottom and working yeah, their way up. Yeah. So you're gonna put these guys on your radar, your recruiting radar. Oh, if I'm at a tournament where Outcast Elite is, I'm gonna I'm gonna find a way. Start ranking sixth grade AAU players. No, I'm just gonna like I'm gonna see if Big Boy and Andre are there. No, like <laughs> you should come out with sixth grade rankings and just have one through fifteen yep. Outcast. All I mean, Outcast. I think guys, I need roster. one of these. <laughs> the, whole, the whole roster. Outcast basketball, like that's pretty solid. I know. You'd look good in a fifth grade AAU jersey. I think I would. <laughs> you should just come in doing podcasts in AAU jerseys from now on. That'd be electric. Not sure where that would hit you, though. We'd have to go live video on that. Where would that jersey hit you, my man? The fifth grade size jersey. Uh, not where it used to. That's probably a good point. That's probably not a good where point. it used to. All right, look them up. Outcast, Outcast Elite from the Georgia area. See, I, I mean, I used to be skinny. Wow, that does not look like you. I'm looking at a. Is that a prom photo of you, Chad? I, I think so. Yeah. How about that? It's a different looking cat, for goodness sakes. Yeah, that's. Go, I mean, is that that's, on your Facebook page? Can people I, see that on your Facebook? No, page? my brother said my brother was going through a bunch of old pictures last night and just kept sending them to me over and over. And I over wouldn't let your wife see that one. <laughs> exactly, it's a good. <laughs> she point. might get jealous of herself. It's <laughs> a good point. It's a very good call. All right, you got a final take, Rick Boring? Yeah, I mean, what a career, man. Drew McDonald. Like I, I tweeted this out. I just, I remember being in BBNT Arena for the Ninth Region Tournament and multiple people just being like. No chance that cat can play here next year. They're, they have totally screwed that one up. And then Dave Beasley obviously left. And everyone's like, oh, he's going to decommit. They're going to tell him to leave. There's no way he can play there. John decided to keep him. Uh, you know, I mean, John re-recruited him, basically, mm-hmm. and, and got him back on. Uh, he had thought about leaving and didn't. And just, I thought he was a better golfer. I really did. I thought yeah. he was a better golfer. Still, still might one. be. Still might be. <laughs> hey, and he scored 2,000 points as the career-leading scorer at NKU, and he might still be a better, better golfer. golfer. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, just to think about. That transition from when the team was just trying to keep their head above water going into Division One to getting them to an NCAA tournament way too early in the process to keeping this thing rolling for the next two years, yeah, is, the, it's meant back-to-back conference championships after the NCAA. Right. So many teams fall off. Yes, yeah, so many. And they, they won a year early, and a lot of that was because of what he did in oh, that postseason. I, yeah, it, it's funny you say that because he'd already been playing very well at a high level for those two years leading up to it. But it was felt like that postseason and that Kentucky game made you go, huh, he's not good. He's really, really good. And he's really, really, really good for that league. It was it, the, the, the whole talk was, what are they doing? This is the kind of kid that they had. They get you it, beat. It, it, this is the kind of kid division that two. Did Division Two. Right. It's a, why it's a are they still, why are they still recruiting Division Two talent if they're going to make the he move was, to Division One? He was yeah. 25, 30 pounds heavier at the time. And he crapped on everyone. He did. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy for him, too. I mean, and, and the ben, I'm like, yeah, I've known a kid for a while. I've known him since sixth or seventh grade, and it's, it's cool to see what he's done. It's really incredible, to be honest with you. And in fairness, like, uh, Ben Wire was on that team. He's playing at Bellarmine now yeah. and having a really good career, mm-hmm. and he was the junior at that time, a year under Drew. 
And people are just like, well, that's the guy they should have been going after. They should have gotten him. And, and like, he I'll, was a D2 guy. Yeah. And I'll never forget like just how set people were on like no chance. He has no chance. And you know he's hearing that stuff. Because it was like, and the funny thing is I tweeted it the other night after he broke the record. And multiple people responded to me going, I was one of those who told you that. Yeah, right. Like right. everyone's admitted. They're like, like, yeah. Dude, if he'd have scored 2,000 points in Division 2 at the time, I'd have said, no way. There's no way he's doing that in Division 2. And he did it in Division 1. Yep. So a lot of On a championship level team. Correct. So a lot of people have been like, oh, wow, how are you so, like, why were you in on it? And I'll be like, honestly, I was always skeptical that he could play at that level until the summer before his senior year. We were at the Peach Jam in Georgia. and You and Chad? Yes. Yeah. Um, and he was playing for the Kentucky Travelers at that time, which was one of the teams on the Nike Elite EYBL circuit, which is as good as you mm-hmm. can get. That's why he's at Peach Jam. And he went up against a kid UC fans might know. His name is Samar Sihik, I think, from Tulane. Yeah. Big kid's like 6'9", 250. At the time, he had an offer from like USC and I think uh, a couple SEC schools. Like, I mean, he had some oh, big-time really, offers. Yeah. Yeah. And Drew had just gotten his first one from like St. Francis in Pennsylvania. Um, but no one else Drew was... was in St. Francis, New York? I was confused, too. That's why I'm asking. Go ahead. I could be wrong. Go ahead. But, uh, he, but he, he, it wasn't really blown up after that. You know, he kind of got that first D1 offer. And you're like, okay, here, a bunch more will come. And they didn't come for a little while. And so he's playing in July at the Peach Jam, and he goes up against that CMRC, a kid who everyone thought was a high major, and he just dominated him. The guy's bigger, more physical, more athletic, and like the type of guy you would think would be a really good Division One mid-major type player. And Drew just absolutely kicked his ass. I mean, more skilled than him. Now you know why he ended up at Tulane. <laughs> anyway, wait a minute. That guy just, hey, yeah, wait a minute. He doesn't take you down a peg. Yeah. And he was supposed to be everything that Drew was, right? Like a skilled big man with good feel, but he was bigger, stronger, all that, more athletic. And Drew just kicked his ass. And after that point, I was like, you know what? That guy is special. He's just different. And that turned out to be the case. Yeah, some guys can just play. I mean, that's what you, you got to take the measurables away. You got to take the tangibles away and just go, that dude can just play. Hats off to Drew. I mean, that's... 2,000 points and the all-time leading scorer. That's pretty damn good. I mean, and, he did it and an NCAA level. tournament and an NIT, yeah. two and, conference championships. Maybe, maybe another NCAA tournament. At a program that was trying to figure things out and get it going. Yes. Like get right. in the, It's not like he right. walked into a good situation. Correct. You know? was he, what, had, he got here their third year? Um, hang on. I'll do right. this off top. Yes, third year. Yeah, because it, it was a sophomore year they went to the tournament, 13, and that was the first year they were eligible. Yeah, 13-14 was the first... The first year, if I'm yeah. remember, yeah, yeah. So he was he was there. His his freshman year was the fourth year or the third year. Yeah, yeah because they were not the eligible. fourth year was when they were eligible. That's when they were finally yes. eligible. Correct. Yeah. Good. Amazing. Story. I'm glad you said that. Legitimately amazing. All right, boys, we'll be back one Outcast week today. Elite. Do you realize that we're very close? We're closing in on what Selection Sunday. I might I, I, I might not be here. We'll See, get Bobby Regan in. He dropped that bomb on me. Yeah, we'll find. I, some. I might be in Memphis. We'll Would some. you rather be here or Beale Street? I'd rather be on Beale Street. But All right. Time of Selection Sunday, you'll probably be in. FedEx Forum still sitting there doing work. Probably. There you go. See, I, th- I, th- I threw that out there. Week before Selection Sunday, probably the most underrated week of the year without love question. It. Championship week's the best. And so, even this week, this week is, is all the major championship. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. We started. And you've got all like, you got the AAC wrapping up with multiple big games. I mean, you yeah. got teams figures. It's going to be a great month. Duke, North Carolina. We'll see if That's right. Zion comes back. Be, he'll, he'll come dragging his leg out there like Willis Reed in, six, in the 1970 <laughs> files, baby. Make make an appearance. I think I see him. There's Zion. Here he comes. Crowd goes crazy. By the way. Yes. Not 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 quite congratulations, but a valiant effort by the Beachwood Tigers. It was a valiant effort. Yeah. Got to the regional championship. First game. time in 70 years. 70 years when they lost to Bellevue in 1949. We faced the mighty Covenant Catholic Colonels. Shout out to the Colonels. Seven straight trips to the regional championship game. Yeah. It's pretty That's impressive. Pretty, pretty Scott Roosats has been really good. He's there. been really, really good. But – you guys beat them twice this year? We did. Tough to beat a team three times like that. that Tough to beat a team three that times. That Danny right? Hurley coaching that. tree is pretty good. It is pretty good. Exactly right. Danny Hurley coaching tree is pretty good. Starts with his old man, though. 
That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Oh, that, you said Dan. Yeah, it's a Dan. Dan yeah. The Dan Hurley coaching tree. The Dan Hurley coaching tree. Bob, Bob, isn't it? It's Bob. Bob. Bob, yeah. Bob. The Bob Hurley coaching tree. You know what I mean? They went to his son. Yeah. That's why I thought you were talking down to Danny. I'm like, no. Bob. Maybe they were together. Scott, Bruce, and Danny were together. Bob, yeah. Bob's done a pretty good job. Boys, all right. We'll be back in another week. For Chad Brandon, BearcatJournal.com. Make sure you check out all his stuff. Rick Boring from MusketeerReport.com. His stuff as well. I'm Richard Skinner. This has been the Skinny Podcast presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati.